you for joining us for Woke Moments, a conversation on issues and hot topics impacting young generations. My name is Janet Kelly, and I am the Executive Director of Sanctuary of Hope, as well as your host. So now let's jump into a moment of awakening. Woke Moments! Our podcast today, which is focusing in on supporting young families to prevent child welfare involvement. This um, podcast theme is in recognition of the National Child Abuse uh, Prevention Month. I'm so very um, elated and excited to have our guest with us today. Unfortunately, um, Ms. Delilah will not be able to join us, but I am happy that um, we do have with us, of course, uh, Sharday McCullough, who will be joining us uh, visually um, shortly, as well as Giovanna Zambrano. Tell me if I pronounce your name wrong. And Gail White Biggers, who is a licensed marriage family therapist. Um, this, this conversation that we have, of course, is very timely. And I, I say this in the context of myself um, being a mom of four, also at one time being a very um, young mother, young parent to two kids, and even seeing the change presently in um, parenting as it relates to uh, building or fostering strong relationships with your children, um, dealing and coping with stress, especially um, now with this TikTok generation, as I refer to them as, and um, and and knowing and and learning um, and growing as a mother, um, the importance of relying on supports and networks to help with parenting. Um, not only for yourself, but of course, for the development of your children socially and emotionally. And so today, we're, we're really going to talk about from a very positive, strength-based approach, um, what's needed for families to thrive right, in order to prevent child welfare involvement. So those, it could be anything from um, building very strong social capital, social networks, to being anchored to individuals, all the things that can help strengthen families, but also create a very good environment for um, young children. And so I'm going to start off with introducing our guest. And of course, um, with each inter introduction, our guest is gonna share with you who they are and, um, and their role, of course, uh, as a parent. And then we'll get deeper into the discussion. So first, let's start with you, um, Giovanna. Hi, so you already know my name is Javana Zambrano. I am married with two children, three and one years old, boy and a girl. Uh, I'm currently getting my BA in human services with connection to child and family services, which is basically social work. So I'm really into the whole, you know, getting families out of the 
welfare system and stuff if they can. And I believe that it's just based off of, you know, love and support and just having that strong foundation. And I'm happy to be here too. Thank you. Yeah. And then our, our next um, family guest and expert that we have with us is Shardae McCullough. Hello, everybody. My name is Shardae McCullough. I'm 28 years old and I have a two children. Um, my son is three, my daughter is one. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, oh, so uh, I emancipated out of foster care um, at the age of 18. And um, yeah. Great. And then last but not least, um, we have with us our Gail White Biggers, our, our licensed marriage family therapist. <laughs> yes. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see your faces and to just be invited to just be here and just share my own input too, as these great ladies and expert parents share their experiences. And so again, I'm a licensed marriage family therapist. I am working for Sanctuary of Hope, but I have um, a lot of experience working with families and children in foster care and doing the reunification process. So I've been a part of child family treatment teams and been there to just kind of support children who are transitioning back to their families and being a support to parents too, who are you know going to get custody obtain custody of their children again. So I am not, well, I was, I'm a mom T. I'm a mom T. So I'm a mom auntie. So I don't have any biological children, but um, one of my nephews, he was at risk um, being placed in foster care when he was eight. And so my husband and I said, oh no, we are going to um, raise him as our own son too. And he's 18 now. So I'm a mom <laughs> And there's nothing wrong so thank with that. You. Delve into that too. The importance of okay. anchors to uh, support to support children. And so uh Charday and um Giovanna, tell me about kind of what your experiences have been like um rearing children, especially since you have very young children, toddlers. Um, during this pandemic? Well, I believe that it's certainly more challenging. Um, I'm 24 and this is my first time getting into the process of, of like enrolling my son. And it's definitely more harder and you're already dealing with like this infectious disease outbreak going around. And then so, you know, you have young children and like, it, you know, you get, I, I think that it makes people paranoid when you go out with them and like, let's say my son coughs or he hears somebody else coughing, he's one, he'll start mimicking them and be, <laughs> and now you have people looking at you and it's just like, it, I don't know, it just creates a sense of, I think I'm normality than how things were before, you know, when you're walking out and you know, somebody coughs, you're like, <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Now it's like, oh, whoa, like get out the way. And it shouldn't be like that, you know? And I think it, it's, it's harder. Like my daughter, she runs to me crying sometimes because she has, she can't put on the mask by herself. You know, she's one and she's just like hysterical. And I'm just like, it's okay. Like we're in the house and she's coming to me with a mask. And I'm like, come on now. It, it's just extra. And it, I think it's, it's messing with, I mean, the, the world is already always changing. And now right. you have all this other stuff that's 
changing the health guidelines and all this other stuff and they don't understand. I barely understand. So I, I think that it's just, it's just making the environment and everything just more weird and people cautious than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, my piercing came out. Yeah. Okay. So for, so for me, it's, um, I have my daughter in the middle of a pandemic. So even oh, wow. the whole labor part was very strange. Um, my son, he, he doesn't like to wear the mask. So it's certain places that I take my son and then certain places I don't because I know we're supposed to wear them, but if my son don't want to put it on, I'm not about to force him to put it on. Um, but I do, uh, okay, I'm on both sides of the fence. I kind of care about the coronavirus. And then again, I kind of don't. So I'm not saying I just have my kids at risk, but mm -hmm. I just don't want them to live in fear because I do work at a school and half of the kids don't come to school because of what they hear on the media or what they hear their parents say. So, I mean, I explain it to them, but I don't want them to be afraid if that makes sense. Right. So do you find like, is, do you find it um, a challenging kind of experience balancing your motherhood and parenting your, your children during this, this pandemic time? Because you talk about the fear and then the not, the unfear, but what is, but is it, is it centered around how you have set expectations for your children and, and their experiences? So um, how I deal with the pandemic, I kind of like, okay, so yes, I told you I'm on both sides of the fence. Like, I feel like, okay, yeah, there really could be a virus. And then I feel like if we're going to get it, we're going to get it, like whether we protect ourselves or not. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as being a parent, um, my son has gone to childcare through the whole pandemic because mm -hmm. I don't want him to be socially awkward when it's time for him to go to like, to be counted in a seat. Mm -hmm. um, as well as my daughter, she went to daycare at three months because I mean, the world has slowed down, but our bills don't. So I had to go back to work. Mm -hmm. um, so I just... I mean, I just give them vitamin C gummies and keep Lysol and we just, I guess I just live my life regular. Like, I don't know. What about you, Shivana? Um, I think I, I kind of agree with what she said. She said like that she doesn't want her kids in fear or that, that there's this fear going around. And I think I kind of do take those precautions too. I personally my kids have never been in daycare. I've just been lucky with me and his father. We do split shift. So when I'm at work, he has the kids. When he's at work, I have the kids. Mm -hmm. We're actually starting daycare on Monday. So, you know, just because of that socially awkward thing. And since I did say he's about to enroll in school, I don't want him. You know, I, I don't want that weird sense when you're a kid, because, you know, these young these young years, this five and under is the time where they are really taking in everything. So mm -hmm. if they're taking in this fear factor or whatever it is, then when, as they get older, it's, it's going to be hard to break. It's, it's not going to go away. And just as a parent, you know, I want the best for my kids. I personally don't restrict anything. We just take more precautions. So like if we go outside, we go like we've gone to the beach and everything throughout the pandemic. My daughter, we were in the hospital too during it. You know, you come home, you take a shower. That should already be, you know, that should already be something that you do do when you go out and just, I don't know. 
No, I, I get it. So, so Gail, so in, in listening to this discussion, right, it sounds mm -hmm. like most parents, right, we want to make sure that we create some, some sense of normalcy for our children. We don't want our children to miss out. We don't want our, our children to experience uh, the term they use is social awkwardness, which is a new term I'm, I'm going to tap into yes. <laughs> and, and start sharing. And I mean, is this kind of something that we, we know is very common among young parents, especially when we want to kind of preserve like a, a sense of, of normalcy in, in, our, in our parenting and also in our young children's lives? Absolutely, it's a great question. I want to congratulate Giovanna and Sade. I think that is so beautiful. You know, you all are young parents, but here's the thing about it. You know, I we can hear the maturity. We can hear that you're invested in the safety, the well-being of your children, and it ties into this conversation, right? I mean, this is a pandemic. We are all treading on waters that we've never experienced before. We are all the term that they've been using a lot over the past year is unprecedented times right? You can turn over and over again, but it is. So I think that a lot of grace has to be given right now. And our understanding that we have little ones, we have teenagers at home too. Oh my gosh, you know, 12th graders at home too. You know, this is a time where we understand that at every stage of development, there is a major milestone. So even if during the one-year-old, two-year-old, three, four, they're learning to trust the world. They're learning how to interact. They're learning how to trust friends and trust teachers, you know, and right now they don't have that in a traditional way. So it is so great that when we're talking about this conversation of, you know, prevention to the audience at large, you know, making sure that we are doing our best to make the most of wearing a mask, carrying a Lysol, let's keep it normal, let's have a movie night at home, um, you know, let's hang out at the park and be six feet apart with our mask on with other children, you know, but we have to do all we can. And it sounds like you ladies are doing that the best you can. We're all trying to figure it out. Yes. Yes, we all are trying to figure it out. And so, Giovanna uh, Chardé, you talked about, you know, your young working moms, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you got to pay the bills and you got you to gotta be able to support your household. And also at the same time, you're, you're balancing. So you're, you're, you're balancing probably 24 hours a day. So can you share with us what does your social and emotional support look like? Um, and, and possibly where you go to seek emotional and so social support with all of the balancing and juggling you do as young moms? Um, I definitely go to my husband. He's like my best friend, my soulmate. We've been through thick and thin together. Even before we had our first child, you know, we, we've been through, you know, just really tough factors. We, we've been homeless at a point in time. Mm -hmm. And just, he's just somebody that, you know, I can confide in. I learned in life, you know, relationships are hard. It don't matter if it's boyfriend, cousin, mama, daddy. Um, right. <laughs> it don't matter who, who it is. Uh, you you learn to do things for yourself. So like with this pandemic and stuff, everybody has their own output on it and their way that they're gonna take it in and go about it. The same thing happens with the your social and emotional people, you know, that you hold on dear and close to, you know? And yeah, I just, I, if I couldn't say my husband, I would say my kids. 
You get me? Like we really, we go out together, we play together. People, I feel like when they're the ones that are in real stressful situations and like get all mentally emotional when it comes to the kids and stuff, they're not putting in enough love and, you know, support to just go out with them. You know, if you're mad, you're, you trying to do your homework, your kid keep taking your pencil, give them a pencil and give them something to write down too. You know, it's just little factors you could take to get that emotional support and physical to go about things. Great. Fantastic. Trade? So for me, um, I, I don't know who do I, I don't know who I go to. I've been, I don't know. I'm kind of more of a, not really sheltered, but I don't trust many people. So I've learned through the pandemic to just um, teach myself self-love um, because if you can't love yourself, you can't even love your kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I've learned to, um, I started reading the book, The Secret. Um, so it's actually helped me through the um through all of this. So I've learned to just either write it down on a piece of paper or take it to the king because I mean, there's nobody else to turn to besides my kids at this point. So that's just what I've been doing. That's um, And then my only escape sometime is sending my kids to daycare. Like, I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Gail, so we, we see a, a balance, right? So for, um, for Sade, it's the introspection, right? Mm-hmm. Relying on self and, and trusting self and, um, and finding alternative means to help build oneself while parenting, such as reading the book. And then what we have for Javona, Javana is, you know, the connection and the support of a husband and her kids and other social networks, right? And so as, you know, young parents mature in their, their parenting and, and needing, um, and even this is even within myself, I have to find ways for myself to decompress, but I normally do that through, through gardening or reading um, too as well. You know, what are... Um, what are some of the takeaways from what they just talked about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, so like, as they were talking, I was thinking about resilience and how sometimes we have to find resilience and it has to be creative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like what Sade was saying is, you know, we know, I mean, and I don't want to sound sterile, right? And give you like a lot of numbers that don't have a whole lot of numbers in my head right now, but we just know statistically, we know what research says, you know, we grow in community. We do, we do, but we want a good community. (laughs) We want a healthy community. We want people that we can trust and that are safe. And sometimes when we don't have access to a safe, healthy community, you know, that resilience that Sade was just talking about within herself, that I'm gonna seek ways to be healthy. I'm gonna seek ways to connect to a higher power and a higher source so that I'm good. I think that's something to take away. And then Javada, right, it's the same thing. It's resilience in another form. It is, you know, I have a husband, I have my children, you know, we connect, we play games, we do these things. And the Sharday is doing the same thing. I know a lot of parents out there too, but it's all, it's all like interrelated. It looks differently. As you all were talking, and I was thinking about today, we're thinking about, you know, child abuse prevention. I was thinking about, oh my gosh, I wish 
and, and, and all of our efforts to collaborate with service providers, and we can talk about that for days, but the revolution of the village, if there could yep. be a revolution, you know, if there could be this safety in Miss Johnson looking out the window, you know, and it's like, oh my God, Miss Johnson is looking, you know, mm-hmm. everyone is offering this input because that's how my mother worked three jobs. My mother worked three jobs. You know, my dad was doing his thing out there. I'm living in Watts, 106th Central. And we were getting into trouble. We were, you know? But let me tell you, it was a lot of my neighbors who would say, Gail Ann, come here, right? You know better. And I'm like, don't tell my mama, please. And so I, I started just kind of adjusting my behavior because I knew that my mother was already stressed. She's working three mm-hmm. jobs sometimes, sometimes. So it was like this rebel, this this village that I could go on talking about. I'm going to stop there. Yeah, it was interesting um, in your um, National Child Abuse Prevention Month, Gil's, Gil's uh, tips when you talked about we build, I mean, we don't judge, we empower. And, and that's really the whole focus around building a village is ensuring that our village isn't judging and actually empowering, you know, at the same time. So Chardet and Giovanna, uh, let's talk about um, why do you think that some young families who may not have the same level of resiliency as you oftentimes struggle with parenting and also struggle with asking for help? Um, She kind of said the word before I actually jotted everything down. Um, (laughs) I said fear. I think it's fear of whether it be failure or fear of what the next person may think, especially Mm -hmm. when you only have yourself, you know, and I just want to say, when you look in the mirror every day, you see you. So it really doesn't matter about anybody else around, but this fear, it, it's strong. It's like an anchor on your soul. You know, it can, it, it, it can hold you down from things that you know you can do. And I think that that just, it impacts families so hard. And, you know, you hear these crazy stories about moms leaving their children in, in, with predators and things like that because they don't know what else to do and stuff. And that's that fear, it's, it's making, you know, it's just, I feel like it, that's what's ruining their lives or holding them back from things that they could accomplish to be better or to seek that help that they need. Mm-hmm. Charday? Okay, just repeat the question one more time. So what do, what do you think, I mean, for families who are not as resilient as you, right? What do you think that they struggle with? Like, what are some of their, what do you think um, prevents them from asking for help especially when they're going through um, challenges um, with parents. I believe um, in this day and time, I believe social media plays a whole lot in people not asking for anything because, you know, oh, you want to get on, people get on social media. They don't want to, they want to brag. They want to boast. Oh, I got this. I got that. But in reality, you at home and you're just not happy with yourself, but you're afraid to ask your friend who just went through, um, for example, your friend that just went through transitional housing or your friend that just got an apartment, you're embarrassed to ask them, well, how did you do that? Or what are the resources you used to get there? Because you're afraid of how they're gonna look at you because of the life that you flaunt on social media is not the one that you really have. Um, But you don't wanna let your pride to the side or your guard down and show that because 
you feel like everybody's gonna look down on you or you know that's how I feel like is social media that makes everybody afraid well most people afraid to even ask for help mm. that's interesting because we're talking about a new day and age a new generation in which young people engage you know some have very good strong personal relationships with friends and family and others have relationships through social media right um which is quite different from when I when I as I have matured <laughs> um, over the years, you know, one of the things that I've relied on as a, as a mother, as a young mother into being a mature mother with two different generation of kids uh, has always been um, not only my immediate family, my mother and father, um, when my father was alive and my, my brothers who are uncles who have helped parent and, and my aunts and uncles who supported in, in various ways from childcare to financial support. Um, but just even my girlfriends, you know, I can rely on my girlfriends, my girlfriend relationships. So when I could pick up the phone, I could call, I could inter interact, I could bounce things off of because either we've grown up together or you know, we experience some form of growth together, which is quite different in, again, this 21st century of, of young parenting. So given that, Gail, I mean, what are ways that we can encourage young parents, one, to seek support? And, um, and how do we ad address the influence of social media? In young parenting oh my gosh you know it is whoa i'll be can i be honest with you the social media this you know this this culture like i i see the benefits but let me tell you i'll on the other side of being you know a counselor and, and just having conversations you know i'm, I'm having some mixed feelings about social media. I just am. And I'm working through those feelings myself. So I'm going to postpone what I feel because I'm see, I'm, I'm concerned about 20 years from now, um, what the research is going to say about social media influences and how it affected our experiences 20 years from now. It's going to be some hard data. We're going to see. I really feel like that. So you know, it, it is powerful, it can be great, it can be useful, a useful tool, but I think that, I think in most of my treatment plans, it's always about reducing social media um, engagement. It's about, let's look at your activity, let's see, and then how do you feel when you came off social media for three days? And it's always positive, <laughs> right? So I think Right. To tie it all in is that we are saturated as a, as these great young ladies just shared. We are saturated with beliefs from the culture. We, we don't want to fail. Um, there is a fear that, you know, we're not good enough parents, you know, we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And, and here's the thing too, you know, I was thinking about this. It's like intergenerational parenting skills, intergenerational. I think that we repeat what we've learned from mama. We repeat what yeah. we learn from pops, right? And I think that having to be intentional and having these conversations and going deep with friends, going deep with cousins, going deep with loved ones and really talking about, you know what I was thinking? I'm doing the same thing my mother did. She didn't have a lot of friends, mm -hmm. right? 
I want to, I want to, I want to stop that. I want to, I want to change that. But I think having hard conversations and then, and then really practicing that. Yeah. So Charday and um, Giovanna, what type of supports do you think are very um, either effective or are needed for young parents who may be struggling with, with, um, with parenting children. And even when you think about those supports, think about the supports for yourself and also think about the supports for the children. I believe that love is the greatest support ever because not only is it inexpensive, but that one small gesture that somebody could have gave to you, you could it can impact your life so much that you'll be able to pass it on to someone else and impact their life to and just spread it. Yeah. Wow. And that doesn't cost a thing. <laughs> yeah, inexpensive. Inexpensive, absolutely. Um, so for me, it would be someone that's relatable, like someone who's been through what I've been through or someone who, well, yeah, someone who's been through what I've been through because um, I don't like when people try to like read me from a book. Like I've had therapists who try to like, just be like, oh, on page so-and-so, this is what you're going through. And I'm just like, you're not relatable. So it's like, how can I learn from you if you've never been through what I've been through? Because I feel like you're judging me. So I feel like if we have more like, um, I, yeah, I would say like parent groups or just like peer support groups, like they will be able to learn, you know, somewhere where you can feel safe and like let your guard down, you know? So what, so what would a... Um... When you say let your guard down, so what would a peer support group look like of young young parents or parent I mean folks who are parenting? So for me, I would like so for me, I would like go in a group where like our kids are like the same age. So my kids are from like zero to three. So mm -hmm. I would go into a group like that because at at that point, that's where my life is right now. Like I wouldn't go into a group a group where my kid is like seven and 18 because I can't relate to anything you guys are right, talking about. Right. So um, so just even if it's like, hey, um, do you know how they have like those mommy and me classes? You mm -hmm. could have like a friend and mommy class. I don't know, like <laughs> something like that where they can relate to um, someone who's going through the same things. For example, oh, my kid is teething. Like mm -hmm. I'm stressed out because my kid is teething. I don't know what to do. And then, you know, your friend, oh, I just went through this. This is, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And what so. about the supports for your, your children? So what, I mean, what type of support do you think would be most useful for um, your children? Um, I think the same thing will work because at that age, it's like, um, remember when I said, I don't want my kid to be socially awkward. So like at three, this is the stage where they learn to share. This is the stage where they learn like, oh, you're crying. Let me rub you on the back. So mm. kids being around other kids, like, you know, it's like, again, they relate to kids, their age in a whole, like kids have their own language. Like my right. two kids share a language that I don't even understand sometimes, but <laughs> they know what they're talking about. So it's like, it's, I think, you know, they could all relate. Like the moms are talking and then the kids are running around playing, you know, like it, it, it'll work. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the socialization. Yes. That's and being able to relate. Mm -hmm. 
and be able to relate at the same time. It's very mm -hmm. interesting to you all that you all mentioned that you all mentioned that. So like for, you know, just thinking of some of the experience of young parents who, who've, come, who've come through um, SOH, you know, some young parents often struggle with being able to um, manage a household, right? And sometimes for that, it's just being connected to um, some form of um, financial literacy education that's geared towards families, right? Because it's all about family management and not anything else um, that would not be of interest to that um, young family um, and a child. So you all have not struggled with childcare, right? Whatsoever. So have you had any of your peers struggle with childcare? And what has that, I mean, what can you share has, has been um, the challenge? Um, a lot of them don't know how to get crystal stairs. I think it's kind of like crazy, but it's like, they don't know how to get it. So people ask me, oh, how did you get crystal stairs? I'm like, through the county building. They're like, oh, I went through them. And so then I just give them like, oh, if you go to the one that's like on Vermont and Exposition, they have an actual crystal stairs office inside of there. You go to the window, you ask for an application, you fill it out and you turn it into them directly, you know, and opposed to going all the way to like Slauson and Gold Leaf to the big office. Um, mm -hmm. so I just like tell them where to go. Cause a lot of them don't, it's like, you need the service, but you don't know where to start, you know, like, how do I start? Where do I go? So I think that's and, the first step. And, and do you think most young families get frustrated because there isn't a, a more clearer way of how to access those resources, especially childcare and, and childcare is very important because number one, it's a protective factor sometimes you need to have someone to take care of your kids so that you can work or you need to have someone to take care of your kids so you can decompress um but on the kind of information sharing side do you think that that information is easily accessible or are there ways that you think that um we need to pr improve upon um getting young parents to access those services by through some information channel. I mean, I'm, I'm just not sure what you, what you all think would be best. I mean, it's like, we could give, this is how I feel. I can get, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. So I can tell you exactly where to go. I can tell you, I can, I can give you all the information, but it's just like, when you get the information, are you going to do it? Like it's one thing applying for crystal stairs. The mm -hmm. next step will be looking for childcare. So it's like, I can, most people want me to like literally hold their hand and walk them through every step. I do have my own life. Like I can tell you where to go. I can even send you a link. I can even email you the paperwork, but mm -hmm. some people don't know how to fill out the paperwork. So it's like, we can give them the link, but they don't know how to fill out the paperwork, you know? Yeah, and, and that's the empowerment component that you're speaking to. It's how do we empower, you know, young families once we provide that information to have the motivation to go on to the next step or these steps in order to secure childcare. Giovanna, did you want to share anything before I, I tap in the gale? Well, um, 
for me personally, um, I am familiar with that office on Vermont. I've been through them, but I feel like for like for my situation, they were not able to help me. And I feel like I went there for days and days. And it was, it just, it wasn't helpful for me. And I feel like they, sorry. I feel like they do help people, but they help particular people. So given my situation with the dad still being in the picture, I wasn't able to get any type of help when we both needed it. Mm -hmm. So I have like a strong dislike of that type mm -hmm. of system, but I feel like if they made one centered around families that were trying to stay, stay together, then it would be more useful. As for, and I, since I haven't actually put my kids in childcare yet, like they haven't spent a day there, but even though they'll start on Monday, the only reason why I'm comfortable with this daycare is because it's literally two minutes, two minutes walking from my house. Mm -hmm. So there's no, that crazy fear of, something bizarre is going to happen to them and I won't be able to protect them, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm familiar with crystal stairs and I'm familiar with people who work for crystal, for crystal stairs. And I'm like, hold on, how are they watching kids? Like I've seen what they do. I've seen them around other people. And I, I just, I don't really like that type of resource, but I can see how there are, not everybody is bad, you know, and that that's hard for me to understand. You were talking about trusting people earlier and it's like my trust system is within my house and stuff so right. you know given if something I, I always think about like if something did happen and I didn't have my husband or one of my kids something happened to them like I feel like I would be put in that position where I would need somebody to hold my hand you know right so right. yeah if and I, I can just respond I, I to that, you know, oh. something very important because a lot of times when we we think about family dynamics, and especially mm -hmm. when we think about family dynamics among um, communities of color, we never talk about the intact families, right? Because we always mm -hmm. want to focus in on you know the single mom, mm -hmm. uh, the single mom struggling, even those single moms who have really good, strong co-parenting relationships with their fathers, we never focus in or, or highlight um, even um, aspects of what makes those families strong. And even we don't highlight or hone in on even how sometimes it may feel that if you are an intact family, meaning that either you're intact and young by marriage or you're intact because you have a strong, loving, supportive relationship with one another or you're co-parenting together, that sometimes it may feel as if it's discriminatory <laughs> because mm -hmm. the supports aren't there to assist you at a level to be um, a very strong family unit. So can we talk about that, Gail? No, no, absolutely. That is a pretty powerful you know, point and Giovanna, like even like your visceral, your emotional reaction, you know, to even just thinking about your experiences in the moment, you know, it, it touched all of us and those who were a part of this conversation, because even what you said earlier about the work that you want to do, you know, it's like, you'll be able to bring that understanding of what people need, you know, you'll be able to relate and you'll be able to provide that passion, that understanding to make significant changes too. 
Um, I am one to believe that all of our systems, they have some area that's kind of flawed, right? There's no such thing as a perfect system. Mm -hmm. Sometimes service providers too, you know, they, they have a bad day, you know, and it's just, they're tired, you know, so and I'm not making excuses for these things, but it's just an understanding that, you know, learning to navigate, learning to navigate even through the difficult, you know, is really important. It really is. But, you know, going back to, you know, this, this conversation about that, it is, it goes back to the work that needs to be done and how we collaborate. So like Sade was saying earlier, you know, it's like you have people in your life that's probably depending on you to do the work for them. But there are some people who are like, this is what I do. I, I want to do the work. I want to help you with the application. I want to sit down. Sometimes, sometimes our youth and sometimes the adults I've worked with, they are illiterate. They can't read. <laughs> they can't read, but they don't want to say, they don't want to tell you that they can't read. So you have all these other barriers that are hidden secret. I don't want to tell you that I get overwhelmed because certain words I can't understand. And then it triggers anxiety. So there's so many things that we have to consider too when providing those resources and help. We have to do our best. We have to do our best to be of support to the different ways that Giovanna said earlier, how do we love? And if I could just talk about that just for a second, because I think that's powerful. When we, we talk about love and sometimes we have no idea what that means, yep. but love is it's a real powerful thing because it means Giovanna, it means Sade, it means Miss Kelly that, you know, I'm gonna figure out what it is that you need. How do I love you, Sade? You know, <laughs> how do I show up for you, right? It's not about, because what, what I need may not be what you need. So it may be just watching the children. It may be taking them to the doctor's appointment. It may be giving you some money for, for groceries for the month, right? I mean, it's going to look differently. So I think that if we can connect to all of these resources and in the community to have a, a nice package mm -hmm. for the people that we love, I think that will be very helpful, even for those who are intact families. Great. So we're gonna talk about stress and, and, and rest and relaxation and coping, of course. Um, I know that for myself, um, one of the ways that, and I use the word decompress because that's the only way that I see it, um, is, you, you know, for me, it's, I love to garden, right? Because that, once I'm in it, I'm in it, and then I'm not thinking about anything else. Or I'm reading. I mean, I love to read fiction. I also love to read nonfiction. But at least when I'm reading fiction, I know that I'm in a totally different place, a total different time, a total different scene. And maybe I could put myself in it, you know, as the as the character. And also like to travel, like to be out in nature. I mean, that's kind of one of the ways that I, I try to deal and cope with stress, especially as, you know, I, I parent children. Sometimes I often share even, you know, within myself, just even my, my stress and frustration with my kids. And again, I refer to it as the TikTok generation <laughs> of um, even how they communicate, which traditionally I may not have communicated with my parents um, in such a way that I would think would be considered <laughs> inappropriate right um and even from basic things to again 
you know, motivation, right? And, and even engagement online that sometimes I may feel is too much, but for, for my children, they feel that it's the only means in which they can not be in a state of social awkwardness. I'm gonna use the terms that you all use. And so, you know, oftentimes in order to not be in a, I call it a space, right? A space of stress, a space of disappointment, just, just a space where it's just totally negative about parenting. I mean, I, I get involved in things to kind of help me through that process. And so I'm curious, um, Sade and Giovanna, what are some things that you do to um, deal or cope with stress? Well, I love dance, so I, if I can, and sometimes <laughs> I like going out, taking like little workshops, you know, we all need that mommy time where you are away from your children. And I can understand how that can be hard when it is only you and your children, especially like with the pandemic, I, I can't bring my daughter to the studio anymore with me. So, you know, just because the floor is nasty and everything like that, I love like going, going even if it's around my block, I will walk outside, get, get a jump rope or something, tie one around my daughter and my son so they could jump with me and walk around. Um, I feel like I am less stress when I plan a little bit. So I'm not saying every detail of your life has to be jotted down, but I found out that I am more at peace when I don't have to worry about my bills being paid. So I know this, this, and this needs to be paid for. So I know exactly how much I can pleasure myself in spending and opposed to just spending away and then being left like, oh damn, I'm $20 short. Who's gonna give me that dub? I don't have anybody. If my husband don't got, if I don't got it, he don't got it. You get me? Our finances are, are connected. So it's like we just, you know, planning things out and just breathing. I take deep breaths in the morning and I open the windows because I learned if you have a dark house that that's when you get more depressed, you know? So if you are feeling down, open up a window and open that blind. So much sunlight, sunlight that, that especially for us melanin people, that light hitting our skin, it's like, it, it, it's what is it rejuvenating however you say it it was like revives your soul it brings some energy into your body and stuff if I close this door and I stay cooped up in my room but at best believe I'm gonna be more irritated when my son busts through the door talking about mama mama and it's not his fault he's thirsty but I'm mad because he want a drink but I can get up and get that drink he can't do that so just you know it don't even have to be going outside you can namaste sit down take that deep breath it, it helps me and I'm pretty sure it, it, it'll help the next person you think it's silly but when, like my son cried if I can't understand him because he he kind of speech delayed well he he was you know and we we went through what is it western regional first mm -hmm. but then the pandemic hit they can't come see us no more so mm -hmm. it's like he mumble if he's like I don't know we I tell him take a deep breath he <gasps> He'd be mad when he do it, but he speak clear after. So oh, I don't wow. know, those deep breaths, those windows open. I feel like all of that is just self-relaxation that can help you. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, sidebar. So my son is the same, but he does speech therapy on Zoom now. We did go through Westside Regional Center, but um, like you said, the pandemic hit, but his, his pediatrician gave him a referral and now he does Zoom three times a week zoom he does speech therapy on zoom three times a week 
Oh, wow. um, so ask your pediatrician for a referral because they can give it to you and you can do it on Zoom. It, it works. Um, so our, I was going to say our speech delay, Lord help me. So my, um, <laughs> my stress reliever would be, um, I just wake up and I just clean my house. I just let the kids Oh, these kids room. I just let these kids tear up their room and just like clean the other part of the house. And um, or like I okay, this is gonna sound crazy, but it's not. I take my kids to care when I'm not at when I don't have work. So like when I used to work, like when I used to work and be off like a Monday and Tuesday, I would take my kid to daycare and I would go for a walk at Kenneth Hahn because I need a break. Like I need me time. And then um just knowing that um also for me it's just knowing I guess my stress relief would kind of sometime be a mom like when they come home from a long day like give them a bath make sure dinner's on the table like and I started to um kiss my son every night before he goes to bed and when he wakes up I just hug him and let him know that I love him and he is a big boy um Mm -hmm. just because um that gives stress off of me because sometimes I stress that I'm not loving my son enough or I'm not a good parent, you know? So that does take stress off of me. So I go for walks, love my kids and send their butts <laughs> back here when I'm not at work. <laughs> That's great. And sometimes, you know, those long walks do a world of good too because you're outside, you're breathing the air, you taking it all in and just like Joanna said, just even the sunlight beaming on your face puts you in a whole different, whole different um, level of positivity, you know, just, just the light and what it even means um, from a physical aspect and also from a, a spiritual aspect of that. So um, uh, Gail, what are some, some good stress and coping techniques? We, we've heard from our, our young parent experts and they've they've done a great job with sharing is there anything more yeah they sure did I want to before I say that I want to just recommend this too for whoever's listening you have small children like Giovanna was sharing about her son too um Elmo I'm not sure if you know Um, Elmo has a YouTube video with common uh belly breathing okay so make sure you use the Elmo's belly breathing to help our children to learn how to breathe they really connect to Elmo's uh, lessons more so than us sometimes, okay? So make sure you use that. I was a little, little tidbit there. Okay, mm-hmm. so as far as um, how to deal with stress. Now, with everything that the lady shared, I mean, it's good. I think we take what we have in front of us and we figure out what it is that we like to do, what connects us, what feeds our soul, and we do it. And so I want to believe that it's important for us to look at all the realms of our life. Um, So not just the physical, but the emotional, the relational, the spiritual, the financial, right? And you look at all those areas and see, ask yourself, how am I caring for myself in all those areas? Giovanna said something really powerful earlier about her budget. If you budget, that reduces stress. Mm-hmm. budgeting budgeting is self-care <laughs> right we don't think about it that way but it's self-care so now i can really enjoy the hot dogs without <laughs> feeling like you know how we're we gonna pay the cell phone bill right um i i am one to connect with nature that is my thing um mm-hmm. the sun the stars the presence of the moon gives me just it gives me energy 
you know? Um, so if you like birds, just be still, connect with birds. I believe in meditation. I believe in getting up early in the morning before everyone wakes up, before the kids get up and you are just on your porch or at your window and you are just thinking deeply about where you are, checking in with yourself. How does my body feel? All right. How does my vision feel? How does my heart feel? How, how are my relationships feeling? And then if you can take Uber or take the bus or drive to the beach, the local beach, you know, just go feel the sand, sit there with your family. I think that it's, we can be intentional. Our new thing now too, in our home, and we have a 12th grader here, we play, we play games. We have real fun games. We play like board games and card games. I mean, it gets heated, but it's fun. People get mad because they lost, you know, and they don't want to play tomorrow, but it's fun. So I think we have to just be creative in, you know, taking the resources we have in our homes within ourselves and connecting, connecting our family to them. Great. And so we're nearing the end of our podcast and I want um, Javon and Charday to, to, to share um, what advice would you offer to young parents who may feel that um, or may be experiencing some challenges with parenting and, and maintaining a household at the same time? What advice would you offer? Um, I would say that it's okay not to have everything set in stone. You know, the person that you thought you were going to be yesterday isn't the person that you are today because, you know, you never know what is going to, what's going to happen. That's going to change the, you never know what's going to happen. That's going to change like your, your world, you know, anything can happen. And I just think that they shouldn't be afraid to reach out and seek any type of help that they may need. And if they can't find that help, then don't be afraid to do it for themselves. Like she was saying, she has herself and she has only, she is herself person. She's her main person of her world. If she had a best friend, she would look in the mirror and it would probably be her. You know, don't be afraid to do things for yourself. Or if you feel like you're being mean to your kid or something, then go give yourself a little time out, you know, go reevaluate your own life and, or whatever is happening. And then go and try again, because you're never just going to get everything the first time you had to learn to talk. You had to learn to walk. What some kids don't even crawl. They go straight to walking, you know, don't be afraid just because you missed a step that you're not going to get to where you need to be. Yeah. Fantastic. Charday. So for me, um, I feel like I need to say this because it doesn't get said enough. And when I say it, people look at me crazy. It's okay to wake up and feel like you don't want to be a mom today. I promise you, it's really okay. I have those moments where I wake up and I'd be like, I don't want a mom today. Just for like 30 minutes. When I say I don't want a mom, that means right now I just need me time. My kids are in the room. Their pampers are changed. They're fine. Right now, I just, I don't want to be a mom. It's okay to say that. Most, I don't mean neglect your kids, but mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay to not have, it's okay. It is okay to have your kids closed, come from Ross, Marshalls, TJ Maxx. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Like it's, trust me, it's okay. They look fine. My kids clothes come from there, it looks fine. <laughs> It is okay to just understand that life doesn't stop when you have a kid. You just have to take a moment to yourself and realize, okay, well, 
you know, my life didn't stop. This is just a different path that I have to go through, but I'm still going to get to my end goal. Um, mm-hmm. Just learn to love yourself. Like I said, um, when you don't love, how could, how could I love my kids if I didn't have self-love? Like, so I'm still learning that. And believe it or not, I'm learning from my kids. Um, I'm not an affectionate person. So my son is actually so affectionate. Sometimes I just be like, Ugh. but <laughs> it's okay to, um, like, it's okay to learn from your kids. It's okay when you're having a bad day, just tell your kids, just give me five minutes. When I tell my son five minutes, he knows what five minutes means. Mom needs five. It's really not five, it's like two. But they, they understand, take time for yourself. Take time to become a mom. Like there's no set rule book, I feel like is the model figure of a mother. Every body parents different like don't don't beat yourself up about it It, you becoming a mother is not a mistake it's a beautiful thing it's a blessing um and like you were saying um like I told you guys so I thought my son I didn't I didn't understand that my son was speech delayed I thought something was wrong with my son but once I got help I'm like actually it's nothing wrong with him he can talk it's just he talks when he wants to, or he just needs a little bit more help to talk, you know? So don't be afraid to ask for help because you think somebody's going to call your son a name or something, you know, or your kid, daughter, son, whatever. Um, just, I feel like just be you. Being a mom is great. You always have a best friend. Like it's always <laughs> someone there with you. Like when your husband is gone, when your friends ain't talking to you, your kid is always there. Like, mm-hmm. so I, and That's I'm with you on that because sometimes it's okay when you want to tune out and say, I'm not mommy today. I, 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 I get those moments too, where I just need to have my, my time, my space for some level of um, self-reflection and, and to prepare. And, and just like you, Charday, you know, my first set of kids, we were very relational, but they weren't as affectionate as my Lasset, my lasset that I have right now who love to kiss, hug all day from the time you get up in the morning to even when you come in and then it's break time and then there's another hug and another kiss. And then before you go to bed, you could be in the moment of meditating or in prayer or whatever. And then they're there. They want another hug, another kiss, another, you know, that feeling connection. And... <laughs> That's okay, right? And even with them, they know when I say, give me a minute, <laughs> they know that I need a minute. And sometimes that minute is maybe only 30 seconds, right? But it's, it's the time that's So Gail, can you <laughs> weigh in Hilarious. a little what we just discussed as far as ad, ad, <laughs> advice for, for, for parents? I love it. It's hilarious, but it's true. It's real talk. And I think that's necessary. Everything you just share, all of you, I mean, I just would just add, you know, keep being honest, you know, just keep being honest about what you need. Don't, don't push down those needs. If you, if you need a break, you need a break, you know, again, don't be afraid to say, you know, I need help. It's all right. You know, it's, I mean, just the small things make a huge difference. I remember my mother, you know, she would work multiple jobs sometimes, you know, a little hustle here, helping this person and then working, you know, uh, 2 p.m. to like midnight. I mean, she was doing it on weekends too, like caregiving. And I remember about one in the morning, I'm supposed to be asleep, but I would hear like a can open, like, I'm like, oh, what she got? 
you know, and I would wake up and it would just be so fun. My mother would be like, I just wanted a Pepsi by myself, you know, <laughs> you know, we'd be thirsty only having water, but she had a, a nice Pepsi hidden and it was just that Pepsi that she, at one in the, one in the morning when we were asleep, but I would hear that can open. So it would just be those small things. What do I need? It may just be a Pepsi. That's all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so now we're ready to uh, close out our Woke Moments podcast. And we always ask our guest at the end of our Woke Moments to share um, a Woke Moment with you, the audience. So let's start with you, Giovanna. What's your Woke Moment? It's crazy because I could choose so many, but I would have to say that part about not wanting to be a mom. Because if you would have asked any of my friends or anybody I knew, would I have a kid? They would, no. No, it, it, would, it would not go that way. And it's crazy because I will probably start telling my son or trying to teach him five minutes because the only minutes they know is probably corner time. That's the only time we use minutes. When I want to get away from my kids, I literally run. And since they're so little, I hide. Like I'll run. I can hide behind the door. As soon as I see them pass, they run back. I'm in a different hiding spot. If I could fit under the bed, I'll probably be under there about 30 minutes throughout the day. No, no, like no cap whatsoever. I'll be under there not even doing nothing just under the bed and it's crazy it's not that I don't want to be a mom but sometimes you know they are frustrating and I do want to get away so you know my woke moment uh it's okay I, I, I would agree it's okay not to want to be a mom for that you know a set amount of time mm-hmm. yeah Charday. um so my woke moment Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but my woke moment is when I had my daughter. Miss Kelly would know I told everybody I'm not having another child. You cannot pay me to have another child. And when I had my daughter, that's who that's when I discovered who I was. So it took for my daughter for me to have my daughter in order for me to break away from everything that I was going through to become like at the end of the day, like, um, you are beautiful. Like you are a woman, like you are strong, you are independent, like you can get through life, you know? So it took for me to have my daughter to realize like, you know what, you are better than you are, um, someone, you are a boss, like you can become your own boss, a CEO, you know? So it took for me to have her to gain self-love, like y'all self-love is so important. So that is my, my woke moment was having a daughter to break away from everything that I was going through. Miss Gail? Yeah, so good. Okay, so I'll just share something that just kind of speaks to the audience and those who, you know, they're hearing this conversation, they're, they're hearing these stories, and they're, you know, like, what do I do? You know, this is my woke moment for all of us. Be intentional about what you model. We can't say that we care if we are not willing to sacrifice a little part of ourselves for the well-being of others. All right. And so with that, um, just a few takeaways from today's podcast is we're all into parenting together. It definitely takes a village. We all need to seek some form of support. Um, Parenting looks, it's different. I mean, we've heard from um, young parents who are intact, married, uh, co-parenting relationships, single parents, all the level of support that may be needed may not be the same. 
However, we know that um, young parents want to engage um, on a level where it's relational, um, it's loving, uh, it's without fear. And so I'm gonna leave that with uh, you, the audience. And I wanna thank our guest uh, for, for lending your expertise to the conversation. And I also wanna thank the audience for joining us and being with us today. Thank you for listening to Woke Moment. For more information about our organization, please visit soh.org. Subscribe to us for a Woke Moment wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore SOH underscore LA and on Facebook and Instagram at Sanctuary of Hope LA. Wake up!